From Muhlenberg College, this is 2400 Chew. In each episode of this podcast, we talk to one Muhlenberg graduate about their current work and the industry in which that work is done. For this episode, Megan Keita spoke with Joe Nash, class of 2007, executive producer and business strategist. As we do with most of these interviews, we began the conversation by asking how and when Joe became interested in his occupation. My first year at Muhlenberg, I think I took one business class. I thought I wanted to be a business major and I was like, oh my God, this is awful. I I never want to do this, which is kind of hilarious since my title is director of business strategy now. But it's, it's one of those things in life that you, I think there's this expectation of a linear path. And when I tell people about my story, I've started and sold animation companies. I started a small farm and cafe. I worked for Michael Bay. It's okay to embrace a nonlinear career path. And it's just this, it gives you this tapestry of experiences that'll make it rich. That was very much what my experience at Muhlenberg was as well. So I, I shifted after my first year to media and communications. I actually don't think the film studies major even existed until the years that I joined. I think I was part of the first class of students who graduated with the film studies degree. The department was small. It was amazing. Like we really, it was a core group who was obsessed with what we did. I think the other thing that Muhlenberg really pushed and promoted, and this was something in my family as well, was obviously you do your studies at school, but I went and I mean, I think my sophomore year, I started interning. So I was actually a production assistant on The Sopranos. So I worked for a production company in Bethlehem called Clark Media. And I would drive there at three o'clock in the morning and we would drive the truck to New York or or wherever we were shooting in New Jersey. I very much embraced this dual taking classes, living on campus, experiencing the college lifestyle, but also knowing that that real world experience was really important And important not only in understanding what you want to do, but also in building relationships long-term. I mean, it was so much of my success long-term was those studios, those companies I worked for in Philadelphia when I graduated, I'm literally still friends with all those people today. And we share work back and forth. So from, you know, young intern Joe in 2005 to, to almost 20 years later, those relationships still matter. Okay. So that's, that's how you became interested in your current work, which is primarily, um, you said you're a consultant, uh, working with creative studios to define business strategy and create advertising and marketing content. So what I, <laughs> yeah, I can explain this a little bit more. So what, sure. traditionally what I have done is, so we work in, um, When it comes to creative marketing and advertising, there's like traditional commercials, right? So what we're used to seeing a live action commercial, maybe it's like a a celebrity, it's it's essentially video content. But when you see an Apple commercial, a Google commercial, and it's, you know, this phone and it's kind of flying by with a really upbeat music, this is all animation, motion graphics, design. And that's really what I fell in love with from this early experience. And what it opened me up to was a essentially like a new industry that was being born in the early aughts of motion graphics, where you could storytell through design and animation. The first 10 years of my career, I spent primarily working for broadcast networks. So we would do things like when you're watching TV and you see the big, you know, logo whooshing by or the little sort of lower third popping up and it would say someone's name. 
spent a lot of years working in sports production. So when you watch a, uh, you know, an NFL game and you see Cletus the robot jump out, that's, that's his name, Cletus the fox robot. I've animated him many of times. You have to create these sort of additional design and animation assets for production. This has become a lot more prevalent in the last five to 10 years. Again, just using kind of like Apple and Google as the, the big examples of product launches. We just had Apple's WWDC conference. A lot of that content is design and animation. We're not actually shooting the phone in the real world. And so I've spent essentially most of my career helping brands create marketing and advertising through the lens of design and animation. It hasn't been limited to design and animation as I've, the companies I've worked for and helped grow, we've taken on more responsibilities from branding to strategy, to live action, to sort of stop motion. There's no medium that we necessarily bound ourselves to. It was really wanting to make sure we were connecting with the consumer in the most effective way possible, but it was through non-traditional mediums and form formats. Okay. I'm, I'm hoping you can kind of tell me what that looks like in practice. Like when you work with a client, describe a typical work process for you when you bring a new client on board and you go from just getting to know them all the way through a finished product. So I'll give an example of my favorite client, Microsoft, who, who's worked with for many, many years. Microsoft would, this would be a good example of how they would come to us. The first project they actually brought to us when I worked at Buck was, they would say, Joe, we have this product called M365. It's the exact same thing as Google Drive. It's free. No one knows about it. What do we do? And that's a great place to start, right? So we go through this process of understanding what are the insights? Who is the audience, right? How do they perceive Microsoft as a brand? And how do they perceive this digital product? From there, what we help do is we define the brief, right? We start to understand who, the, who we're trying to speak to, what it is that we're trying to sell to them, right? Using the classic sort of marketing techniques of making sure they understand the benefit of the product, not just the features. And through that, we sort of define this outline of the project to say, okay, we're gonna create this 30 second video that's gonna go on YouTube. And we're gonna, it's gonna be part of a digital media strategy. So it's gonna be promoted to people on Instagram or on different social platforms. And that can often manifest itself in a lot of different ways. From there, we, we are likely looking at what are those product features? So how do we storytell around these benefits? And because most of these products are digital, you wanna show the product coming to life, right? And the best way to do that is often through design and animation. So you, you tend to see tech companies use this medium and this tool a lot because it lends itself nicely to what their product is. So if we're staying on the Microsoft example, if they wanna story tell why M365 helps people collaborate and come up with new ideas together, we're gonna to try to not only showcase those features and benefits, but do it in a way that's delightful and entertaining and fun. Most consumers know when they're being advertised to. So it's really important that we can find authentic ways to connect with people that is still showcasing the sort of the features that a product team cares about, the benefits that a marketing team cares about, but we're storytelling in a way that is connecting more on a human level of what that impact really is to the consumer. That probably didn't help clarify any of that for you, but. <laughs> no, no, I, I definitely, I, I get the picture. It's, it's collaborating with your client to figure out 
how to sell something without it feeling like you're selling something and um, using lots of different media to do that, to reach people. It's a lot of product launches. It's a lot of marketing campaigns. I do, I've spent a lot of my career working in branding. And so like, how does branding come to life through motion as well? I think the other thing that's happened is obviously just with the amount of like platforms and places that consumers interact with the visual medium, they need to just come up with more authentic and unique ways to, to sell that story. Can you tell me what are the most challenging and what are the most rewarding parts of the kind of work that you do? The most challenging is it's incredible work. It's really fun, but it's a lot of work. There are long hours. And because we primarily work in what would be considered more of like a post-production environment, right? Doing design, doing animation, things that are computer-based, it's just time, right? We, we work long hours you know, when you work for these kind of companies, you know, most of the clients that I've worked with the last 10 years are Apple, Google, Meta, Microsoft, Amazon. These are brands that it's, it's a big deal. You know, when you're doing these product launches, so if you're doing a product launch for any of these companies, they have to send you the product. You have to, you have to have a special room with a certain amount of security. There has to be a security guard. There has to be a lock and key. There's a whole process to making those, you know, that, that Apple commercial, that song that you never forget. And so the, the expectation of um, the team, the quality, the craft, the, the work is very high, right? It's Apple, if you've ever seen an Apple commercial, even using WWDC recently, you get it done no matter what it takes, right? It's Apple, They're, it's sort of like no one bigger. So it's, it's a lot of hard work. It can be a lot of late nights and a lot of iteration. I think one of the challenges around creativity versus others is there's no one right way to make an ad. Right? There's no one right way to design a piece of content. So making sure that you can get all these different people, all these different stakeholders. Again, you can imagine the bar with these product launches very high. You have to get the CEO, the CMO, the production team, the product team, the brand team, the marketing team. You have to get a lot of buy-in. And so that is both having top of level creativity and craft but it's also managing expectations, also defining and understanding what does success look like and what does that outcome look like? Because in these projects, when there's not a North Star that's clearly defined, that's when projects can become painful. There's another side to that question. Was it the, the fun side? There's a fun side somewhere, I swear. Yeah, challenging and rewarding. Rewarding. Uh, what's rewarding is we get to, you know, I've got to make creative work that such billions of people that they've, they've seen and interacted with. Early in my career, I think this is kind of an important thing to note, it took me 15 years before I got to Buck. And that first 15 years, it was not doing the really cool stuff. In my career growth, it was constantly leveling up. I did not just get to jump right to a, a top studio. I spent a lot of time earning that right. And so it goes back to that, like, no career is linear. And that and understanding that as you start your professional life is important. Like, you might... It took me 15 years before I did anything that I was really, I don't want to say proud of, but people even understood or, or knew. What's amazing now is I've been able to work on some of the work for the biggest brands, worked on the biggest products. To be honest, I, I wish I could say them. We're not allowed to talk about the projects that we do because it's really important that it comes from those brands. But, you know, I've got to help create some of the, the most important, impactful advertising for modern technology companies. 
and it's something I'm proud of. And, and again, with even the Emmy behind me, it's uh, these are things that I never thought would happen. As someone who like took a business class, my mom makes fun of me. I was awful at math, yet somehow I, I ended up becoming the business manager of a $100 million company. It's it's just funny how life tends to play out. So I'm, I'm really proud at the work I've created, proud of my own you know progression in my career. And it's that like never giving up like sticking with it, not getting sort of like, I've, I've lived through layoffs. I've tried a lot of different jobs that didn't work and that's, that's okay. It's just part of the process. I'm wondering what your top guidance or advice would be for someone interested in doing what you do, working with these big brands on creative work like this. I will, I'll give two pieces of advice. One was actually from, I think my very first Muhlenberg professor, and then I'll, I'll give us a more tactical piece of advice. I forget, I forget who it was. It might've been like a macro econ 101 class or something, but, uh, but he's like, you have to make sure you love what you do. Right. And I know it's like, there's this whole, like a job is a job thing, but I think the professor said like, you might not get social security to so make sure what you do, you enjoy. And that actually stuck with me because I knew the general world that I wanted to work in. I wanted to work in visual storytelling, but I didn't know what that meant. And so I made a point the first honestly, 10 years to try a lot of different things. If I did a job for a year, year and a half, like when I worked in live action, but I didn't like waking up 3 a.m., I didn't like traveling for 17 hours a day, it was okay to say, that's not for me, but I'm going to keep going down this path. So find something that is a good balance between something you're passionate about, but also something that is going to give you long-term success and then obviously today with sort of how technology is evolving, you're finding a, um, a good long-term career. I could, I could talk for AI, I'll talk about AI for hours. I think in terms of working in entertainment, working in design, animation, advertising, creative marketing, I still think internships is the way to go. I think showing up and trying to be passionate and eager and showcasing that passion and eager, you know, creativity is unlike other industries. I, I kind of describe it as no one cares if your muffler is made with love, but they care if the sort of creative world that you work and live in, that matters in this industry. The, you have to put a lot of love and passion. And because the work is subjective, like there's not one right way to do this. So showing up, showing that you care about what you do, and my last piece of advice would be, as you are young in this career, reach out to senior leadership. I think some of the most successful producers that have worked under me have, have reached out, have asked for mentorship and guidance. I was very lucky to have a mentor when I was growing up. And I think, I don't think people know it's okay to ask someone if, if they're willing to spend time to talk to them and give them mentorship and guidance. And shout out to Felice, my old mentor back in the early 2000s. Like, I learned so much through that process and I'm so grateful that someone was able to sort of guide me. And it's, it's not all fun either, right? I learned a lot of hard lessons in those years, but it's important to have that, that sort of foundation and rock. So don't be afraid to look at your senior leaders and ask for support. This episode of 2400 Chew was produced by the Office of Alumni Affairs at Muhlenberg College. It was recorded remotely and engineered in the studios of WMUH Allentown, Pennsylvania. Our opening and closing music 
from Cowboy Bebop is performed by the Muhlenberg College Jazz Big Band. <laughs> 